0: Okay, in this second episode, I talk about how it is to be an occupational therapist. Because I've mentioned in my bio that aside from uh, being a frustrated writer, I'm also an occupational therapist, which if you ask a lot of people, you you would be very lucky if you found uh, one person who actually knew what an occupational therapist is. And... For many reasons, I am in this profession because of things I would be talking about later. But it wasn't because I wanted to be here. Just like many of the colleagues that I have, the people that that I've met in this profession where I work, many of them have very interesting backgrounds on why they were here. But for me, it it was sort of a different story. But I guess first, I should explain what occupational therapy is. And it's going to be a mouthful, so don't say I didn't (laughs) warn you. So occupational therapy, this is according to one of our associations in the U.S. It's defined as the therapeutic use of everyday life occupations with persons, groups, or populations for the purpose of enhancing or enabling participation. I know. <laughs> I know. It's... When I first read that definition, I did not understand what it was. Actually, for one whole semester during my second year, we took some time to really understand what what occupational therapy is. Because it wasn't as easy as, you know, something as... Um, well-defined, like business administration, seguro, or accountancy, you would be able to get a very solid grasp of what they did in these professions. But for occupational therapy, it was uh, a very different and new kind of uh, profession, a allied health profession. And unless you unless you have someone in the family or someone dear to you, that receives this kind of service or goes to rehabilitation, goes to OT, would not really understand how things went. And that was the case for me. But basically, when I talk to my parents about this one, basically what I mean is the parents that I work with, I always tell them that whatever is important for the child to do or what is whatever is important uh, for you as a parent that your child should be able to do, like maybe tell you what they want, tell you what they want to eat, um, be able to dress on their own, maybe even stay seated in their chair when they go to school. That Those are the things that we work on in occupational therapy. It's not that easy to box the entire profession in the definition does not stay inside that box it's it's very difficult you you'd find that many of us don't just work in pediatric settings just like here in the philippines but also a lot of them work in the hospital setting and then many of them also work in communities far in the province as for me, I work in a pediatric setting because I th- because that was something that I found really interesting, especially when I went on my internship. But during the first few years that I was taking up OT, I wasn't particularly interested in that. Pedia wasn't something that I really liked at all because I, I just couldn't find myself um, handling kids. I I also didn't find myself wanting to work in the adult population. And I was stuck in a bind for some time because I, I didn't know what OT was. I, I knew what we did, but seeing myself in the bigger picture and the bigger scheme of things, I didn't really know where I should be working afterwards. So I guess it was good that I had some exp- I, I I had a lot of exposure and nice memories or not so nice memories in internship which really paved the way for me to decide where I really wanted to go. But before I got there, I guess I should tell you about um how I got into OT. So just a, a Brief background for me. I am from the province, so I came from Laguna. And my family is a little bit traditional. They're a little bit more traditional than most families. But I think a lot of us can relate here when I say that when I told my family that I wanted to be a biologist and I wanted to go to medicine after that, they told me not to go into biology because. Ano bang gagawin mo, Pagkatas mo mag-biology, then ayaw mo na mag-med. So, magtuturo ka na lang. That was the kind of mindset that they really ingrained upon me. And if only I could talk to myself, my 15-year-old self, I would tell her that it's that's not important. You know, biology, take it whatever you want there is an industry, there is a better world out there that would give you more opportunities aside from what my family thinks. It's not just being a doctor. Um, It's not just being a teacher that's out there. There are just so many more opportunities now that are available compared to what my family believed in so many years ago. And I guess I could, I couldn't blame them if they thought that you know after biology being a teacher is all you can do couldn't blame them there was a lot of misin- uh lack of in there was a lot of um, misinformation going on and i guess they just didn't know better so they told me that uh, my papa was an hr guy he was always um that kind of person who was in the higher ranks in terms of being an hr so he knew what was in trend and he was also a little bit lucky or maybe he was influenced to give me his um, opinion because he was working in the healthcare industry that time and he told me that there were so many open openings job positions For occupational therapists and if I decided not to go to medicine it would be the best decision for me to just pursue OT and work as an occupational therapist. He said that at least I wouldn't worry about my job. There was job security basically because it was in demand as he put it and that was the end of the story for him because for me I was just um, deciding on an undergrad program that would be helpful for me when I go into medicine that was the original plan I wanted to be in medicine as soon as I finished my undergrad my college program I wanted to be a pediatrician Uh, At some point, I also told myself I wanted to be a psychologist. I also told myself I wanted to be an ob among so many other things. But basically, I had it in my head that I wanted to be a doctor someday. That was the plan. So I applied for UST and... Looking back, it was a very big mistake that I only applied for USD and UP because UP and USD uh, thought of occupational therapy as quota courses. Meaning there were only a certain number of people that they would accept into the program. If other programs weren't quota courses, they could admit a certain um They could admit students who passed a certain grade, but for us, you needed to pass a certain grade, plus you had to rank somewhere along the, among your peers who also took the exam. That was pretty hard, and UP was the first one who came out with their results, and lo and behold, although I was not surprised, I did not get into UP, the... I applied for both OT and PT cuz I cuz I said that if I wasn't going to get into OT I would fall back on PT but both courses for me didn't work out and someone in the family um also asked for my my grades in UP and then they were trying to figure out with some people that they knew in UP, if I could still get into the college, into the university, and they said I could, but I would be under AB literature, which wasn't uh, very okay for a few of my family members since they had a very big uh, problem with job security. That was first and foremost at the top of their mind. They wanted me to have a job as soon as I graduated, which is very typical uh, Filipino behavior, honestly. But I wanted literature too. That was one of my considerations. I also thought of geology. I absolutely loved it when I started my OPCAT review, which was a review for my entrance exams in the different uh, universities. I fell in love with geology, Um, I also liked uh, literature, I also liked uh, the idea of being a writer, so in that respect, I was considering Ateneo, but it was too expensive for us. So I settled with the health sciences. And going back, when I was waiting for UST, I, w- I was getting a little bit anxious and my, my family was also getting anxious. And then they told me, now, why don't I just um, take another exam at another college or another university so that I have other options? And I did. I went to AAC, uh, which was Emilio Aguinaldo College. I'm cons- uh, We were considering colleges inside of Metro Manila because that's where I was planning to live. We we had a, a very convenient place in Metro Manila, which made it um, easier for me to navigate or go around the different universities should I not get into USD. So I had Ateneo at my disposal, or maybe La Salle, or I also had AAC, um, all of the colleges under the university belt. Uh, San Sebastian, F.E.U., I I had so many options. Perpetual also. And when I took my course uh, exam for AAC, I remember that there, they allowed me to write down three options. And I didn't know what to put in the third because I was just used to two options, OT and PT. So I also decided on adding respiratory therapy, I think, that was the third choice. And then at the, at that same day, I took my entrance exam. And a few hours later, on that same day, I also got my results. I got in. I passed for AAC. But I said, I told my tita that I would wait for you, my UST results first because I was always pining for that university since I was small. Everyone in the family graduated in UST. And I think... That was the source of my passion for getting into USD, um, seeing all of my family members graduate from there. So at a very young age, I knew where I wanted to go. So that's why I held on to AIAC while waiting for USD. And on the day, I remember it so well, I, on the day that they said they will be releasing the results, um, I was trying to connect to the internet so bad uh, that this was 2011. The internet wasn't so developed yet. It wasn't as fast as what we have now. And I was using my 10-inch laptop. Yes, it was a 10-inch laptop. It was very small. It was gifted to me. And that's what I used to log into my USD account. And then I, I remember that I was really looking for the results and refreshing the tab continuously and hoping that it would arrive before my service arrived because if the service already got here and I wasn't able to see my uh exam results I'd be completely on edge the whole day because I wouldn't know if I got accepted or not. But I did. I I saw After refreshing how many times I saw the results, and I'm so glad I got in. I got into OT. I also got into PT. And that was a really great day for a lot of us in school. Because if you didn't check your email or your USD account for your results, they also sent the results by mail to the school. So... Our advisors held like a lump of mail in their hands and gave out all of the USD results. And I just remember everyone screaming that they got in, they got into accountancy, they got into engineering, they got into this, they got into advertising, into the fine arts and all that. And I just remember me being excited before I even got to school because I found out that I was accepted and that was the story for me in getting my results so eventually after all of the preparation after moving into our place here in manila i came from after coming from laguna i eventually met a lot of my classmates online before we even started class so that we could get to know each other and, you know, have a few familiar names or familiar faces that we could talk to. So just uh so that college didn't feel so lonely. And I remember that I was late <laughs> for my first day. But that was fine because my prof was also late. And I remember that was literature class and I was so shy that I was late that when, when a few of my classmates that I met online before they were waving at me, I sheepishly looked away because I was really ashamed that I was late given that I was like five minutes away from the university. And little did I know that it would set the pace for the rest of the six years that I had left in UST. I was mostly known for being late as someone that lived close by and I guess from my first day happenings I also remember my first meal Uh, as far as I know it was um, pasta boy in the car park I got pasta boy with uh, the pesto pasta with chicken I remember it being a little bit sweet and masarap talaga siya it was a little bit expensive but it was my first day anyway so that was fine and then after that I in the next break I think I was still alone for this day I went to Concepcion there was a small noodle place yung niluluto lang talaga sa sa pan sa harap mo Ganun, parang, parang nililutoan ng burger and it was Hong Kong noodles and dim sum, I think. And I remember that I felt a little bit sad and lonely that I was the only one eating at this place and everyone was uh, at certain eateries. But I honestly just didn't know where to eat or what to eat um, compared to to now. And that was that. That was my first day at uh, UST as an OT. And there were just so many instances where the, the USD curse, the USD culture was something that I experienced. So, for example, it was the constant flooding. But I find myself lucky with the flooding because in my six years in USD, I never waded in, in knee deep flood. For some reason, they became very acutely aware of when there was a storm and when it's going to flood in USD so they always suspended ahead of time which wasn't as helpful because they suspended but then the rest of the day was completely sunny which was the best (laughs) actually we just got to stay in in our homes or uh, get home after getting to school at 7 a.m then just the guard telling you that um, it's time for you to go home, cause they suspend the classes already. It was pouring hard, and also the 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 curse about the um, the ark. So I never really went outside the ark until it was time, because I knew in myself that I wasn't the smartest in the bunch. Uh, at at first, I believed that I was one of the smart kids, but. I really was not compared to the people in, in my college. Most of them were either um, a family of doctors uh, or valedictorians or salutatorians or graduating top of their class. Most of them were also from science schools and I was none of the above. I graduated just a typical person with special honors in English <laughs> and that was that I didn't have any family members who were in the allied health courses or in the health uh, profession bar my my papa who was working as an HR in a hospital but that didn't count, he was HR but yeah, I was making a way for myself as a first uh, medical practitioner in the family so it was uh, a bit hard Uh, competing or working with people in college in the rehab sciences, CRS, our college was called, working alongside them because most of them had really good study habits. I mean, they weren't valedictorians for nothing. They weren't from science high schools for nothing. They had really good study habits or if they didn't, they had really good memories which made it easy for them to study and understand what was going on. Well, for me, it always uh, took me some time, and it was hard enough already that I also fell asleep during my classes, <laughs> since I needed sleep more than most people as I learned uh, now, as I learned to accept now. <laughs> and it was supposedly just a five year course, but since i failed a few classes in my third year i had to extend one more year so that led to 6 years worth of ot but honestly i wasn't so uh, bummed out about that because i was at uh, the first time i failed but eventually when i took that uh, class again i realized that it was so much better for me to repeat that class than pass but not understand what was going on in the next uh, class because it was a prerequisite for a much harder class. And I'm sure if I didn't fail the first class, I would have failed the second one and I would have still, uh, I would have still be delayed. And that was the reality that I was facing in my third and fourth year third to fifth year in college, I wasn't as smart as I thought I was, but I was always just staying afloat and making sure that I didn't fail any uh, class that I took. I think since I was in first year, that was my mindset. I didn't want to fail anything because I just realized how hard everything was. And that may not be ideal, for someone in college, you know, why not reach for a high grade as most people would put it. But for me, I'm more of a realist. I understand what my strengths are, what my weaknesses are, and I understand what I like in my program. And I think, just trust me when I say that aiming for a passing grade was really enough for me. I would have driven myself to... Um, different lengths that i may not approve of now if i told myself i'd rather get a high grade i would have driven myself um to be a more anxious person that i already am right now and that was bad because it was in my third year of ot that i realized i was a completely anxious person I started uh, getting depressed in third year college, and I also started getting anxious because I wasn't as happy with what's been happening. And there was a really um, wild roller coaster starting from that point on until I graduated, especially in an internship where everything just got really crazy. And it wasn't a smooth sailing internship for me as I'd like it to be. And there were just a lot of um, uh, issues that I had to battle. Aside from being that kind of uh, intern who knew what they were doing, I also had to deal with making sure that my affect or how I presented myself was always kept in check because whenever I was stressed, I wasn't really looking so good. Not that I looked sick, but it was just a little bit, it was very hard for me to control um, how I reacted, how I would um, explain my stress or my body language. You'd really see it in me that I was stressed and I wasn't really want to hide what was going on. And that made a certain impact when I went into internship, when I went on to doing my duties as an intern and or I already had patients to care for, clients to care for. And uh, looking back, it was really hard taking care of your clients but also trying to please your supervisors, the people who are tasked to make sure that you get out of university as an appropriate OT, so that was something that v- was very hard, but eventually I made it. I made it out safely, <laughs> and I took the my board reviews in house. So I'm really proud of of how far uh, I got into my board review because i stayed in-house and i knew in myself that with everything that i learned about my study habits everything that i did in college i would be best off in-house uh i respected my own pace i respected how much i studied how sometimes i needed a break from everything and in-house was for me as a uh, I think that if you ask a lot of my colleagues, they would they would tell you otherwise or they would tell you that they prefer other places. But for me, it really depends on what your study habits are and how much you think you can handle as someone who would be cramming um, three to four months worth of information inside your head just for a board exam. And on the day of my board exam, I remember that I barely ate. And I was very early and I appreciated a lot of the professors, the people who were there to support us uh, for our board exam. And it was an excruciating two days. That board exam was taken a day after my birthday. And I think that was already good because the day before the board exams, that was my birthday, I told myself that I wouldn't be studying anymore. I should stop. They said that you should stop studying a week before the board exams. But for me, I really didn't trust my my brain to work for me. So I still studied, I think, two days before the board exams. And then I passed. That that was the best thing about um, toiling and some hard work and respecting how you studied and, stu- uh, and respecting my limits when it came to st- when it came to studying. Eventually I passed and I was really uh surprised that I did. But I learned to accept it along the way, especially when they came out with the grades for the board exams. I couldn't believe that my highest score was the one that I believed I would do the worst in. And after that I I took a month for my break. I think I deserved that because I was happy for like two days when I got my license but then after two days it felt like, okay, real life is happening now. It's adult time. It's adulting time. So I I, I took a month of break and then eventually uh, a few clinics reached out to me and by that time I had a clear idea on what I wanted to do. So I wanted to work in pediatrics or mental health or geriatrics but uh, sadly, during that time, I needed to um, start working. And I want, really wanted to start saving as well. So um, I couldn't find any openings right now for uh, back then in mental health. And um, I couldn't find any job offers for geriatrics. So I started with Pedia. And since then, that's where I really headed. So along the way, I also met a few colleagues who also inspired me on what specialization to take. So I eventually went the route of um, feeding therapy. So I'm now one, two, three, four, almost four years into working as an occupational therapist. And I think that there's just so much to study. There's a lot of uh, things that you can do with the field. And I think that even if I went into feeding, it wouldn't be the only thing that I would specialize in as time went on. I feel like whatever made me happy or satisfied, I'd be in that um, uh, specialization. That's fine. To, To deviate from the original track that you have in mind is something that I learned is okay. That's not wrong because you would be the one to live with your life choices, not other people. If you think that you're not making the right decision because it's not what people have been telling you to do, well, for me, other people are not going to live with your choices. It's only going to be you at the end of the day. You're going to be the one who wakes up, goes to work, deals with your clients. You're the one who treats them, not the people around you. So it's very important that uh, you understand the flexibility that you have with your choices. That was a learning experience that I eventually stumbled upon somewhere along the way when I started working. That if I learned how to respect my study habits, I should also learn how to respect where I want to go in life. And for my future plans, i Honestly, I've answered so many um, interviews, pero grabe naman yung sobrang dami, or so many. I just underwent three, three interviews so far, and they came in such close proximity with each other that I realized I don't have an answer for when someone asks, what do you want to be in five years? In 5 years I just want to be happy <laughs> with what I'm doing. I just want to be satisfied because I know what that did for me. I know what um what it feels like to work in a place where you feel satisfied in going to work. You're not like, ah, oh, ayo nagikising na naman ayo na ganun. I, don't know. I don't know what that feels like. So I'm not um really afraid maybe just i'm I'm just a little bit shy on answering where do you see yourself five years from now i'd still say that i want to be the ot of choice that uh that parents or doctors would go to if like let's say they need anything regarding feeding but other than that honestly i just want to be happy with where i am okay so if i haven't bored you to death yet there are many places now that you can take OT, and it's a very, very interesting um, setup, and I have a lot of stories that I would be telling along the way, and the places that I know that offer OT right now, although correct me if I'm wrong, it's UST, and there's also De La Salle Health Sciences Institute, there's AAC, there's UP Manila, then also there's Cebu Doctors, and then... Hmm, There's Perpetual Help in Manila, and I think they also have one in Laguna. For, I think, more colleges or universities, I'll have to look into it, but that's all that I can think of right now. So I hope that you enjoyed (laughs) my story of how I came to be in this profession. And, oh, I say profession a lot. (laughs) i should make a drinking game out of it but i hope that you were able to gain some insight and i hope you enjoyed and i'll see you again next time bye